Now, obviously, there are certain parents and there are certain students that are not 100% happy with the way the distance learning program has worked out. And it happens in different grades. But if I can just take two minutes and I'm reading this just to show you what a difficult situation the school is in. Um, I, you know, this is just one of the many letters that I received uh, from a parent to say, I'm sure you would have seen the Seth Godin uh, TED talk and possibly read his excellent book on how education needs to change or empower our children to become lifelong learners, passionate and driven to excel in both work and life. It seems that you're not only aligned with Seth in your thinking, but you're also brave enough to stand up and say what you believe. Your courage is empowering our two sons to challenge themselves daily from a very young age. I would also like to thank you and your team for the excellent work you have done in transforming the lower grades curriculum and teaching styles from one that required a great deal of high touch classroom instruction to a powerful online program that is teaching our kids to take responsibility for their own learning, managing their time, and, try, and, and to try their very best. It has been powerful for our boys to receive quick and encouraging feedback from the teaching staff, and in this way, enjoy some of the fruits of their labor in near real time. They are both motivated and are growing mentally and emotionally during this challenging time. We are deeply grateful for your and your team's courage, tenacity, and the deep care you show towards all radial kids. You truly are a team of teachers who care teaching students who care. And that I've just read out to show you that, um, you know, for the parents out there that are not that happy, I've got as many parents that are, are happy and not being in the office, being able to talk to all the parents, this is a really difficult job. It's like watching a blank screen and hearing voices all the time and trying to remotely run a school. Um, all I can say is we're doing the best that we can. And I urge parents that if you do have problems to contact your heads of school, to have discussions with them. Don't feel that you're not being listened to. And if at any time you need to CC me in, I will um, manage uh, those discussions as best as I can. But leading on to today's discussion and dealing with the minister, look, it's a very difficult discussion and answering some of the questions already in terms of the legalities. The one legality that uh, we have to abide by is that Red Hill cannot make a decision on when to come back to school. Uh, no private school, has it um, you know, in their power to decide when to come back to school. That is the minister's decision and the minister's decision alone. So if the minister sticks by what she has been saying and says you may return on the 1st of June, then we have the go-ahead to return. We're still a little bit up in the air about how we would return, but I have it on good authority that private schools who can show that they are safe and that they've got everything uh, in order will be able to decide who will come back and when they will come back. And I will talk a little bit about that. So it all depends on the minister's address on Monday. And that is why I have not sent out a detailed program today, as I said I would, because if the minister says no going back to school, um, then we are in a little bit of trouble and I'd have to retract it and then resend out something else. The other thing that I want to make really, really, uh, what, that is really important up front um, is that we are not going to force parents to send their children back to school. If we are in phase three or phase four, we're still not at a phase one level where we are in a normal situation. And so Red Hill has taken the decision that we will, um, we will allow students to come back to school, but those who do not want to come back to school yet will not need to come back and they will be able to continue with their online learning. 
And so we will start to talk about two types of learning. One is online learning, which is being at home and receiving as much information as you possibly can. The second uh, type of learning that we talk about is a blended learning style, where students will spend some time at school and some time at home. So your learning is blended. You get opportunities to meet face-to-face -face with your teachers, but at the same time, because of a lot of restrictions, which I'll go into now, um, you have to also remain at home some of the time because we cannot have the entire school on the campus at the same time. I'd like to deal first and foremost with the security, uh, health and safety issues that we've put into place, because I would imagine that is at, you know, the front of everyone's minds. How safe am I going to be when I get back to school? I'd like to make a couple of uh, comments on this. First of all, I'd like everyone to understand that a lockdown um, doesn't take place so that you can get rid of the virus, unless it's a virus that um, you know, medical people could find a vaccine too within a couple of days or a couple of weeks. A lockdown is meant to prepare a country for the peak of the infection. So when we start with, an, with a virus, um, it's going to grow, but a lot of countries are not ready for that, as schools are not ready for, for that, as the police force are not ready for it. So the lockdown was only meant to be for a certain period of time. If we were going to wait to go back to school, or back to work until there was, um, you know, until there was no more virus. At this stage, we'd be looking at approximately 18 months. Now, we know we cannot lose 18 months of an academic year, nor can parents wait 18 months to go back to work. So the lockdown was go is going to end at some stage. The reality is going back to school, going back into the workplace, there will be a certain percentage of the population who will get the virus. What we have learned is that the majority of young people don't seem to get the virus, or at least they don't seem to suffer from the same kind of symptoms as older people do. So if we look at countries, and we've been monitoring countries right around the world, I'll just give two examples, Israel and Denmark, they have sent back their youngest children first, because the younger you are, the less chance you have of getting the virus, although you may still carry it or suffer from the virus. So. We're, we're, we're quite happy that young people are, are definitely not, um, you know, the ones that we have to worry about. We have to worry more about our older teachers um, in terms of them picking up the virus. So as a school, Red Hill is quite happy to go back to school. Um, yet at the same time, we're not forcing anyone because we don't want to determine, um, you know, who goes back to school yet. We are trying to give you both options. Um, in terms of our safety measures, we have gone, I think, way beyond what most schools are going to be looking for or what the minister is actually expecting. So first of all, we are working with our partner, Sanitech. Uh, they are a company that were founded in 1984. They're part of the Waco International Group, uh, who are leaders in integrated hygiene services. Now, I say this to show you that there is a reason for some of the parents out there who have, with all good intentions, given us information about who has masks and who has cleaning products and where to get them from. Please understand that if we had to listen to every one of the parents, it would be really difficult to coordinate this. And Mrs. Kirsch and her team have done a fantastic job in, 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 in coordinating. Um, we have been partners with Waco they, and with uh, Sanitech. They do all the cleansing on our campus. 
Over the last uh, couple of weeks, we have ensured that the entire campus has been sanitized. Every inch of the campus has been sanitized. Every classroom, all the grounds, the toilets, the change rooms, you name it, we have got the approval that everything has been sanitized. We've also purchased uh, thermometers so that all students' temperatures will be taken at the start of every single day. All teachers' temperatures will be taken. And if there are any students that whose temperatures are above 37.3, they will be sent home. There's so much I can say about this in terms of our community. And I want to also just say now um, that the reaction to us going back and how we as a community at Red Hill deal with this is going to depend so much on the reaction of our community. Let me also say, Whatever plan I've worked on over the last month, I don't know if anyone is going to be 100% happy with it. But I, I, I basically would like to, you know, to, to, to say that I don't think anybody um, could get a perfect plan together. Um, and I'll go through reasons why. We have also purchased two sanitized tunnels. Um, you might have seen them in some of the Chinese schools. These are huge tunnels that students will go through once they have had their temperatures checked. And as they go through them, um, the entire bodies, clothes, backpacks, et cetera, will be completely sanitized um, with a chemical called Bacta, I think it's called Bacta-Leon or Bacta-Lion. Um, and that will ensure that uh, students will be completely sanitized for a period of eight hours. Um, we will also supply two face masks for every single child in the school that is not for the parents to pay for. We will pay for those. And in the early learning center, they will get um, face shields because it's easier for students to work with a face shield. I don't think any of these are perfect, especially for younger children. Remember, younger children are going to play with the, with the face masks all the time. And if you think we can promise that, you know, we will make sure that won't happen or that a child will not touch another child, guys, we can't make those promises. The reality is, if you look at China, if you look at uh, Denmark, children come to the gate and they actually get rid of the face mask and children don't have face masks on at school. Um, we can't do this because legally they have to have it. But from all the information that, that I have received, I'm not quite sure for children that this is going to be, um, you know, the best decision. Um, you know, five, six hours at school, it becomes very uncomfortable, but we will stick to the rules and the regulations. There will be hand sanitizers in every classroom. Every child's hands will be sanitized every time they go in or out of a classroom. So in terms of health and safety, we feel we are pretty much ready to bring a uh, to bring both teachers and students back into as safe an environment as we possibly can have. Um, in terms of the classes, there will not be a class in the uh, you know that will have more than fourteen children in a class. So we will make sure that there is between one and a half and two meters distance between every student in the class. Um, we will also ensure that we have staggered starting times and staggered finishing times. Now, again, let me explain. <laughs> We're going to have parents who are going to complain, why does my one child start at seven and my other child only starts at nine o'clock? How do you expect me to bring one child to school and not another child? Guys, if we had to bring everybody back that the time suited them, 
we would have to bring 13 or 1500 kids back onto campus and we cannot do that. The question might then be, well, why don't you just bring back the grade 12s and the grade 7s? Guys, I can't bring back all the grade 12s at one time because I can't have 26 or 28 kids in one classroom. So they have to be divided. And the decision, and I have my full staff support behind this, is that we will divide the classes into two. So every class will be divided into two. Um, and you will be at school for two days of the week. And therefore, we talk about a blended learning. So let's take an example. A grade 11 student will be at home on Monday and while half of his class will be at school. On that Monday, you will continue to receive videos, assignments and work to do, which you will do now at home without a teacher talking to you. You will get on with that work and when you arrive to school on the Tuesday, you will then interact with your teacher who will go through the work with you, answer questions, um, have discussion groups, but there'll only be 12 of you in a classroom. For the grade 11s and 12s on the Wednesday, you will be coming in for testing periods because remember you have had very little uh, common assessments and you need to have those common assessments. So you will come in on a Wednesday and a Saturday morning if required. You would then obviously not be at school on Thursday. You will get extra work to do and you will be back at school on Friday to go through that work. The other way of making sure we have less kids on the campus um, is through June, we um, will be experimenting and making sure that all our processes that are in place um, are, are, are in order. Now, what will happen there is we all know that we have at the end of uh, June a one-week midterm break. What we will be doing is we'll be extending that to a two-week midterm break. And we will not be having a four-week August holiday, but a three-week August holiday. Now, why have we done that? If I'm speaking high school, and the same will be for prep school, the first two weeks of June, we will bring back grades 10, 11, and 12, and grades 1, 2, and 3. After two weeks, those grades will take their two-week vacation to return in July. And grades 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, and 9 will return to school on the 17th of July, and they will continue all the way through. And they will take their first two weeks of June as a holiday period. And why do we do that? We do that so that we have less kids on the campus, we know that you're safe, and that we can make sure that all the operations that we've put in place are there to make sure that you're safe. We are not worried about curriculum development and finishing a curriculum anywhere up until the end of grade 11. We have next year, we know that a lot of good work is being done, and always remember the education you're getting is 100% better than most kids are getting in South Africa. So the only classes that are pushing hard for curriculum development are our metrics, and I have no doubt that they are pretty happy with the work that they are getting. In terms of arrival times, as I said, <coughs> certain classes will start at uh, 7.30, others at 8.15, and others at 9 o'clock. Those students who start early at 7.30 uh, will finish at about quarter past one. Those who start at quarter past eight will finish um, at approximately two o'clock, and those who start at nine will finish at quarter to three. 
This is, this is to ensure that we don't ever have 100 or 120 kids all at the temperature areas and at the sanitized tunnels at the same time. Again, I ask parents, those of you who do decide to return to school, to ensure that the half hour period that is dedicated to your child being at school, that you use that time. Everyone suffers if you don't listen to the rules and the regulations that we've put in place. Should you, however, have a kid in grade seven, for instance, who's starting early, and a grade nine kid who's starting later, then under those circumstances, you could have both children arriving at the same time, and there will be a holding area in the school where you will be able to go to and do homework and wait until your classes begin. Breaks will therefore be staggered as well because everyone's coming at different times and you will all be let out of school at different times. So that will happen as well. In terms of the tuck shop, you will have to buy your food or purchase your food online. There will be no cash on campus and no handling of money. We will also ensure that uh, there is very little choice. Remember, we can only serve hot food because if there's any virus around, it will die in any kind of hot area. So there will be a choice of probably two hot food selections and water. We are using this, and I'm hoping some of the parents who are at me all the time in terms of a healthy lifestyle and a healthy tuck shop, to start our uh, introduction of a healthy tuck shop, we will not be serving chocolates and sweets and fizzy drinks any longer. And that will continue into when we get into a normal kind of society. We are looking at a healthy campus with healthy food. Um, so we will be moving into that. Uh, let me speak a little bit then about early learning, just for those of you who are listening and wondering what's happening there. We are fully aware that the younger children are more difficult to teach online. And so we've been lucky that because we've built new classrooms, we have double the amount of classes. And in kindergarten two and in early learning in grade naught, we have double teachers because we have teachers and co-teachers. The good news for you guys is your children in kindergarten two and grade naught will be able to come back to school every day. Again, with no more than 12 kids maximum in a class, they will be split between the old school and the new school, and the co-teacher and the teacher will move between the different classes so that you have the opportunity of having both teachers. Grade noughts will also return to school on the 17th of June. You will have your two-week break at the beginning so that we can allow kids to come through slowly. Remember, early learning kids, they've been at home for two months. We don't know what the backlog will be when kids arrive at school. How many will be a little bit scared to come back into school? That might take longer. We cannot have everyone there at the same time. KG2 will start in the second week of June. This will all be in my letter that will go out on Tuesday. The times, the starting times, uh, they will have a one-week holiday. Now, kindergarten one, because we only have one main teacher, we cannot have two classes um, be uh, because the second teacher is a child minder. We will divide that class into a morning session and an afternoon session and give parents the opportunity to decide whether they would like the kid to come to the morning session or the afternoon session. Um, so in terms of that, yes, then let me see the last thing that I wanted to say is that in terms of those students who stay at home and decide to stay on online learning, 
please understand our teachers are human beings. They are going to be teaching at school online all day and Wednesdays and Thursdays and Saturdays. Guys, our teachers are not at a holiday since December. They didn't have a break. They went straight into preparation. They are up all day, all night, preparing online stuff. Um, I need you to understand that they can't do more than, than is humanly possible. They will, on the Wednesdays and the Saturday mornings, run full online courses for the students who decide to stay at home. So we will take maybe five kids from each class who will then form one online class, and they will be taught by certain teachers who will do online courses. Now, these might be our teachers who cannot come back to school because they are either on an older bracket or they have underlying health care uh, concerns. And so that's when you, you will still receive, though, assignments. You will still receive uh, videos to prepare for, but you will get that, um, you know, that, that teaching online all of the time. Please note that because you're only coming back in June for the two weeks and then off for two weeks, um, we will send out a, quest, uh, um, uh, a survey on Tuesday or Wednesday to, just, to understand who is coming back to school. Now, let's take, it this, let's take an example. Should 20% now only decide they're coming back to school, well, we might change things and then say, well, everybody can come back to school who's decided to come back to school every day because we only have 20% coming back. Um, if it is over a certain amount, then we have to go to two days a week and two days off. Um, in prep school, the day off on the Wednesday, you will be continuing with your online learning in terms of your art subjects. Those will continue there. Can I decide one week to come to school and one week not to come to school? Unfortunately, guys, no. We have to know who's coming to school and who's not. So if you choose not to come to school, then you don't come to school for the whole of June. We then send out another survey for the start of July for you to be able to decide whether you're coming back in July. Um, I think Thomas is, is signaling to me that he wants to go to news, um, but it's probably a, no, you, you're okay? It's fine. We, we, we work to your schedule here. <laughs> okay. So I'll finish in the next two minutes and then you can have your news bulletin and then we'll go to questions. Guys, this program will work well, but only if all parents understand that they're one of a collective and that if you are sitting there thinking, but it doesn't suit me and it's not fair, just imagine if we turn it around to the way you like it, it won't quite be fair to someone else. I really do liken this to a wartime period. In a wartime period, life is not fair. We do the best we can to be able to get through this period. This period is not about learning and not learning. Learning continues. Children continue learning, I have no doubt. It's about a period of phasing in to the new normal. The chances are that this virus will be with us for the next year and a half. The chances are that new viruses will, will become part of our daily lives. This period of time you need to be able to see as a period of acclimatizing to the new normal. Please don't be worried about how much are they learning or how much are they not learning. They are learning. Let me also just end on this and we'll go to news. For those parents out there that are then questioning if I'm there for two days and not one day, why do I have to pay full fees? Let me tell you that the staff have worked harder than they have ever worked before. You have a loyal, hardworking staff 
who rely on their salaries. I am not looking at cutting salaries. I cannot do that to my staff and I will not do that to my staff. For those parents who can afford the fees, um, you know, a lot of us are paying for services we're not getting because we're trying to keep the economy going and we're trying to keep food on the tables of people who otherwise would not have an income. But as in my letters have said, for those of you who can show us that you have lost income because of the coronavirus, we will not ask any child to leave Red Hill. We ask you to go through the process. We ask you to get hold of Mr. Grunewald, who will make a payment plan with you, and Red Hill will support you in any way we can. Please understand that 70% of, of what you pay to the school goes to our salaries. And although during the last two months we might not be paying for lights and electricity, over 1,500 families, it doesn't amount to much. I'll just give you an example of the two tents. Each one of these tents cost in the region of 50,000 Rand each. The face masks, the extra amount of money we've had to spend to sanitize the, uh, the campus, all comes from fees. And these were unexpected, unbudgeted items. So please bear with us. Um, and as I said, anybody who wants to write us a letter to have a discussion, I only ask for one thing. Be polite. It's a difficult time. I, in turn, will listen to anyone who is willing to have a, a normal and rational conversation with us. But please, um, yeah, I'm asking you to, to, to understand that as a, as a community, we're all in this together. And let's understand that we are a community all doing our best. And with that, Thomas, over to the news. <laughs> so if you want to carry on sending in questions, we are getting them through. And we will get into it right after news with Aidan. <laughs> Right here, thanks for joining us here on Red Radio. Right. We have been receiving all of your questions, so we are going to start going with them now. So, Mr. Jurassia, I wanted to know, um, essentially, th there is a with teachers interacting with students, there is a chance that a teacher is going to contract the virus at some point. What, what is the school going to do if, if such if happens like that? Okay, Thomas, look, 100%, um, you know, we are prepared for the fact that students will catch the, the virus. And I just want to talk about that because I know somebody asked a question, and I think it's quite pertinent now. You know, people are really scared about what will happen if people know that I've caught the virus. Are they going to ostracize me? You know? um, and somebody asked me, how are we dealing with that? I think this is a community issue. I think... Uh, families have to talk to their children about the fact that, you know, this is, this is like, and I don't, I'm, not, I'm not saying this like it has the same effects, but, you know, we don't ostracize someone who's got the flu. We don't ostracize somebody, you know, who's got another kind of illness. Coronavirus needs to be treated in the same way. And as a community, we need to ensure that at all times that if a student gets coronavirus or if a teacher gets coronavirus, that we do what Red Helians always do, we care about those people, we send them letters, we let them know that they're important to us. Because one of the reasons for making sure that we have small classes in separate areas is that if a student gets it or two students get it in a class, we would then be able to isolate that class and allow them to stay at home. That allows the rest of the school to continue to operate um, parents need to be really mindful of that, that if their kids are ill in the morning, rather to phone the school, and we will have a hotline, 
let them speak to our nurse or let them speak to whoever's there to make sure that whether they should come to school or not. Because at the end of the day, what we're trying to protect is the running of the school that continuous education takes place. In terms of our teachers, we have, as if any teacher had gone on long leave or got ill, we obviously will have teachers to replace them. Um, we have quite a few of our teachers that don't teach in terms of heads of schools, principals, etc., and um, they will be able to go into those classes and be able to help out. So we are ready for that. And um, yeah, uh, we, I don't see a problem there. So is there a possibility that the matrix or essentially the entire year the government could say or Re radial could say look this year it, it's not effective we we're gonna essentially redo the year so essentially grade 11s will redo grade 11 would, would that be a possibility um i don't see that being a possibility at all the government cannot afford for one whole grade to stay behind especially within the government schools um, <clears throat> there would be no place to fit in new grade eights into their schools then. That's not going to happen. Whether they'll end up writing online, I'm not quite sure, but I have no doubt that the matrics will write matric and that everybody will go into the next grade. Um, what might happen is, for instance, if the minister says, and I think there is a distinct possibility that she will not let us come back in June and only maybe allow us back in July, we might find that matrix will be writing their exams during December um, and that marking will take place in January because remember universities only start towards the end of February. So there could be a full delay there, but I don't want any matrix to think that they're not going to write matric or they're not going to graduate. Even in the IB, the May exams, because obviously there are certain schools overseas that they write in May, they never wrote exams, but they used their SBA marks in order to decide whether they had moved on. Um, I think at the end of the day, even if exams weren't written, then SBA marks would be used. So that means that students who are writing assessments now need to ensure that they are writing really good assessments because you might be in a situation where those results are used um, for the end of the year. Can I ask, because you, you mentioned that students are going to come back to school to write a to possibly write assessments. Now, if, for example, I decide that I don't want to come back to school, am I still going to do that assessment, but at home? Okay, so at this moment in time, um, let me also say, um, sorry, I am reading some of my emails here because some people are sending things through to me. Not quite sure why. I'd love them to send it, but I'll, I'll read it in a minute. Um, so, in terms of the mid-year exams, students from grade 10 down will not write mid-year exams. So, that might come as some good news to grade 10s. Um, through down to, you know, um, where, where, where our students uh, from grade seven upwards. They will not write exams and your SBA results um, will be put together and you will get a result according to that. So only grade 11s and grade 12s will write exams. Now, as long as the IEB um, say that grade 12s have to write common assessments, we will make sure that we have times where students will be able to come in and write. So some parents have said to us, we're keeping our kids at home, but we'll allow them to come in and do practicals and do exams. So those students would be able to come in on a Wednesday 
and a Saturday morning under strict conditions and strict health conditions to write those exams. Because of the IB demand that students have to be in one area. And remember, if the minister says you, you need to go back to school, we actually could demand that every child comes back to school. We've chosen not to do that. Um, and so, um, you know, um, they, they, we, we've given parents the, uh, the choice uh, not to come back. But if exams have to be written and the government says you have to be back, then you have to be back to write those. And it, it pains me to ask this question, um, but essentially I, I'm assuming that all sports, all committees, et cetera, that happen as, as an extracurricular are cancelled indefinitely, or not postponed indefinitely, rather. Is that including the musical? Is there any uh, chorus line? Is there any decision on that yet? <clears throat> Thomas, I give you my assurance chorus line will go on hell or high water. Right. There was too much work that was put into that production. So, you know, yes, we might lose a couple of cast members. Welcome to the real world of theatre. You know, we know, unfortunately, one of our cast members will be going overseas. She will not be able to perform in the production. Right. We have doubles in our cast. So some might choose to then take on that role and then have a full role. Um, and, you know, if the worst comes to the worst, uh, we'll stage the production early next year. And if there are tricks in it who want to stay in it, they'll be able to come back and be in that production. But Chorus Line will be staged, um, and I look forward to that, and I think it will be a huge celebration when we can finally stage Chorus Line and we can all celebrate the arts, um, you know, at school. Um, in terms of other activities, look, there's some amazing work. You know, in terms of Interact, you've seen what um, the Arts and Culture Committee have done. You guys are continuing doing amazing work, and thank you for that. Uh, there will be a lot of people out there who will be very thankful. So in many respects, we'll continue with those things. Uh, we're about to send out forms to the new to the grade 10s to join their new committees. We will still be electing, you know, um, um, heads of houses and, uh, you know, heads of schools. That will all take place, and it will all happen. Um, you know, the same question about the matric dance. Uh, Chances are metric dance will not take place in September. Will it take place at some time? It will be the best metric dance we've ever had because it will be a celebration. When? I'm not sure, but we will have a, we will have a metric dance and we will continue as Red Hillians to celebrate and I will do my best to try and recreate as many um, activities, especially for the metrics that have had the most terrible, terrible year. Um, imagine what they're going through. Uh, never mind having to not know when they're going to write exams but what they've missed out on in this year. Um, you know, to the matrix guys, I feel for you, but you'll come out of this stronger um, and you'll guard in life and, and, and you'll understand what it is to have disappointment, but you'll also understand how to get over disappointment and you'll be stronger for it. So, yeah, things will continue. Well, that's that's good news. I, I'm actually getting questions through my WhatsApp and people are saying, yay, yay, yay. So I think the, the response there is good. Um, so... If there is a massive outbreak of coronavirus within the school and um, there are many kids starting to get infected, is the school going to take the decision to go back to full distance learning with no physical contact within the school? Um, sorry, Thomas, I, I was just reading an email here and, I, and, and maybe you'll ask me that question, but I, I just want to show you again, you know, how some of our parents are feeling out there. 
And I've just got one that's come through that just said, hello, Mr. Jurassic. Just to show you that we're absolutely honest about what we say. Thank you very much for the informative session today on Red Hill Radio. Um, it is impossible to please everyone, but it was clear that you had both the students and teachers in your heart and mind with the plans that you have proposed. My elder daughter goes to a different school and they closed the campus in March and will only open August 15. 15th, my eldest daughter is starting grade 12. It is a nightmare. So thank you for your fantastic efforts to support Red Hill students uh, show, uh, and to show compassion and care for both the students and the teachers, health, safety, and learning. We personally have lost 75% of our monthly income, but Red Hill is the, is, is the top of our payment list as we have been so thrilled with the innovative and caring approach to education and mostly for prioritizing the Red Hill community. Thank you, stay strong in the face of any angry parents. I know it's not easy. And to that particular parent again, thank you so much um, for continuing with your payments. But in your position, I urge you again to get hold of Mr. Grunefeld and see if he can help you out during these difficult period, this difficult period. Um, you're safe with us and we will look after you and your child as we go through this difficult period. Um, yeah. Sorry, Thomas, just say that your question again. That's absolutely fine. And I, and I think it's important to show how other parents are feeling, especially within this situation. But I, I do wanted to ask again, if there is a massive outbreak of coronavirus within the school and students are getting rapidly infected, um, which very well might be a, um, a reality, is this going to happen? You will, will school still carry on? No. So we will be in the same side of situation if I understand uh, what's happening worldwide. What takes place is you open up your communities, you open up your schools, um, and then you wait until you kind of hit a major, major high where either a school, where either the school system or the hospital system is not coping, and then you go back into lockdown. Now, hopefully what happens is you go back into a lockdown for a two-week period so that people who have the virus have an opportunity to be able to recover, and then you slowly start to introduce people back into society or into community again. So that's, that's the way we've seen it. We're not going to put people, you know, in a dangerous position where we think a whole lot of people have got it and those who don't have it, you know, well, just catch it. Uh, that's not going to happen. We are going to be monitoring it. We will, we will let our parents know which classes if somebody has it. But again, this will depend very much on two things. One, how kind our community are to the parents and the students who get the coronavirus. You see, if as a community, we are caring individuals who care about our community, then the people who get it will not feel they have to lie about having the virus and will be very, very happy to let the school know that their children is, have got the virus because they will not fear that they will be ostracized. So again, I'm saying as a community, guys, this is, this is probably the biggest challenge we have. Let us be kind to one another and let us be honest with one another when we do get the virus so that we can stay at home, stay for the two weeks and then be reintroduced to the school and allow the school to continue. If we get to a stage where we think it's dangerous to the majority, we will certainly go back to online learning and make sure that everyone is as safe as possible. So with the economy opening up gradually, um, is it going, would it be, because essentially, parents are, are 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 coming through and saying, "Look, I'm I'm starting to go back to work. There is no one to look after my children." So essentially, would the school decide at some point, "Okay, um, we we 
we are going to allow if it is majorly imp impossible for students to stay home to come to school and work in a classroom where they are social distanced and uh, would that be a possibility that the school could potentially look at yeah it is it is a good idea and it is something we'll absolutely look at thomas and thanks for that question and it will give me more things to think about we won't do that in june <clears throat> and i tell you why in june it is really really important that we test out our policies and our procedures Right, so we need to have um, the uh, a, 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 a few. You know, we, we can't have many children on our campus, so the least amount of students as possible, so that if we do have something that goes wrong, we can fix it quickly. Once we've seen that things are working, and we know how long it takes kids to get through the the, the, the tents, we know, you know, if if kids are listening to what has to take place, if there's been social distancing on our fields. We will relook at that, and I think your idea is great. We would then be able to open up areas um, for kids to come in. There is the ability from seven o'clock in the morning until two thirty or two forty-five for us to be able to look after all kids that come onto the campus on that particular day. Um, and that is the reason why we worked very hard to get the younger kids to school every day, because we realized, you know, a 14-year-old, a 15-year-old can stay at home by themselves, but a five or a six-year-old can't. I, there, there's comments coming through, and, and I don't want to read them specifically because I, I don't think it speaks to Red Hill as a whole. But mm -hmm. looking at distance learning, there have been some parents that have come through that said that their online schooling has been ineffective. Um, looking at this, this parent is looking at, at the senior prep. Um, if if there are issues that that uh, parents want to bring up, are they supposed to contact you? Are they supposed to contact the parent in which, I mean, the teacher in which they feel that the issue is coming from or the grade head? The best way to deal with this is to go straight to the head of school, right? In the high school, I'm the head of school, so absolutely get hold of me. In the prep school, obviously, to Mrs. Kissack, and in the early learning centre to um, Mrs. Pilkington-Williams. All I can say is I know some people feel frustrated because they don't get a response. If you have a forced to write a second letter because you haven't got a response and you feel that as the executive head I should know about it, then just CC me in onto that response. I think that what has taken place, um, specifically maybe in the senior part of the prep school, is maybe there's been a lack of communication and understanding of how the online learning system works. I have spoken to Mrs. Kissack. And she is actually going to put together now a whole lot of webinars where uh, the teachers in those grades are going to be able to talk to um, the, the, the parents and they will be able to online ask questions. And I'm hoping that will solve um, a lot of the issues. I do understand the frustrations that some parents are having um, and Mrs. Kisaki is very well aware of it and she will uh, move into action immediately in terms of communicating with parents. But yes, please do get hold of, 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 of Mrs. Kisak or Mrs. Pilkington-Williams or in the high school myself. So if students are starting, when they start going back to school and they start to look like they have symptoms of coronavirus, are, are we still supposed to let the school know? Absolutely. You need to let us know, even if you suspect it. The sooner we know, then we will be able to talk you through in terms of what you need to do. Please remember that Mrs. Kirsch, who looks after health and safety, is bound by government regulations. So, for instance, I'll give you a little example. 
if you know your child is is not feeling well and you send them to school and they've got a temperature we have to let the we have to let the authorities know that we have a particular kid on our campus we're not going to give names and addresses and that but we have to make sure then you are quarantined for two weeks now in reality you might only have the flu so what we're suggesting to parents if you think your child is ill but only has the flu keep them at home for a day or two when the temperature comes down send them back to school right so let's be clever about this but if you have in any way you you you're not sure please phone the school we will have a hotline and you will be able to speak to someone who will give you advice so you can also still contact miss kirsch as well absolutely um so i i'm not particularly sure how this parent has this type of information whether it's true but i think i should allow a right of reply um this parent has asked why has the school paid 50000 rand for a sanitizing station when they are available for much cheaper okay so what that parent might be talking about is a sanitizing tent right we have got sanitized tunnels okay so what we have done is we've gone for the best that is out there in reality we're not asking parents to pay extra for that we have moved our budgets around to ensure that we have got the best advice out there to ensure that we have the best result out of that i am quite sure that there will be parents who will say i could have got it cheaper i could have done it better this is not as good but it would have the same effects we have we have been in touch with medical experts um they have told us that this is the best of the best it's the way to ensure that your children are sanitized to the best of their ability and the one thing that i as executive head i would rather spend the extra money and cut back somewhere else to ensure that our that our our our, our teachers and our students are safe but should that parent um you know still have an argument please again that's mrs kirsch's area please uh, get hold of her i do want to bring up one other point because some parents are going to get angry with this but according to legislation we cannot have parents onto the campus any longer because every parent that comes on there is a risk to the campus so you will be able to bring your child especially in the early learning center they'll have a temperature taken with you and then there will be a teacher there to take the child and go through the sanit the sanitized tent and make sure that they're okay for those parents if your kid is really distraught then we will slowly introduce them you might have to take them home once or twice but once they've gone through the process they'll be okay fantastic i just uh, as a closing point there are uh, just just a, a question that I, i want um to ask you if you could please clarify grade 11s and matrics are writing exams in july exactly so whether we go back in june or in july grade 11s and grade 12s will write mid year exams and also marks that are collected now during the process of online learning uh i i have seen around that some students believe that ah uh, you know it's 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 not really going to count for marks everything that we are doing online now currently is still counting for the same amount of marks and students should still take it as seriously am i correct in saying that guys these results that you these uh, assessments that you're putting are going to count majorly because if we can't write exams that is all we're going to go by and i am saying specifically to the matrix if you cannot end up writing exams because it's impossible to do so then the government are going to be asking for your assessments that you've done up to date um and we would have to make sure 
you know, that um, we've got those and we can send those in. So really, uh, you know, you have to you have to be careful with that. Fantastic. I think we've answered mo major all the questions that I have gotten through. I'm just trying to go through it. So thank you for coming on. I think there's been a lot of um, uh, uh, questions that have been answered, and I think parents can wait uh, for the communication that will go out on Monday um, with all the updated schedules and so forth, and then questions can be um, taken from there. Um, thank you Thomas, for very, on. very, yes, very quickly though, uh, just in case we missed out some of the questions, um, um, you know, I did get them from marketing. I've got the, all the questions that were put together, as many of them grouped. I will ensure that I answer those questions um, and I will send them out to all parents so that in case some of the questions that were asked to, you know, weren't, weren't picked up because I know we had a lot to go through and Mr. Jurassi tends to speak very long on a particular issue. So I will send that out. And if there are any more questions, please send them through to Shelley uh, at marketing. We will add that to the list and we will send the, we will send answers out next week, Tuesday to some of those. We will, we will continue to be in contact with our parent body um, as much as possible. And again, Thomas, you guys are doing a fantastic job, um, you know, uh, both for the community um, and just keeping students online. And I know the work that you do um, behind the scenes, um, you know, in terms of getting videos out there, it's all appreciated to you and to your buddies and to, you know, the grade 11s and the grade 12s who continuously work on keeping Red Hill going. Um, I appreciate it, love you lots all, and uh, I can't wait to see you all back on campus live. Thank you, Mr. Dre. I definitely can't take uh, credit for all of it. I think there's, there's a massive amount of people behind me to Chris, Josh, Aiden, um, everybody who's behind me. I, I, I thank you. And um, okay, there's one one question that has been he he's been asking and and it was answered, but. Um, Essentially, hockey season it's postponed for now. It's not it's not happening at the moment. Um, in, in in and and when exams, yeah, it's it's not happening yeah. at the moment. Very, very quick, guys. All winter sports have been cancelled, not even postponed. There is no way that we will be able to get back and do any kind of sport in up until the end of August, and then the summer season. We would have to look at and we'd have to wait for. But unfortunately, guys, there is no winter sport taking place. Fantastic. Thank you, Mr. Jurassi. Um, we do end off this exclusive here, but we're not ending off Red Radio for the day. We have Tucky on next, who is bringing um, us an incredible panel discussion with some of our matric students and our 2019 alumni. And so I will definitely be listening to that. <laughs> I, I'm really looking forward to, to hearing what our alumni have to say. So, Tucky, uh, yeah, I can't wait to see what questions you ask them. Brilliant. Thank you, Mr. Jurassi. Thank you for everybody tuning in. We will definitely um, have you back on again. I'm, I'm, I'm sure of it. Uh, thanks for tuning in. And yeah, stay stay tuned for Tucky and then DJ Pyro. We will also restream this later today. Thank you for tuning in.